You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Our scripture is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38 of the Common English Bible. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't had a sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman was labeled unable to conceive, is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, you, for reading our scripture this morning. So there may be few scenes in the Bible painted more often than the visits of Gabriel to Mary, the Annunciation. This is the moment when Gabriel invites Mary to the most astounding calling to bear the Christ child within her body. It is a beautiful scene captured by artists showcasing angels with beautiful wings and all sorts of lovely ideas of what an angel looks like. But amidst all that beauty... Sometimes we overlook the shadows and the fear in that scene. We can imagine immediately how Mary would be afraid because the angel says, do not fear, do not be afraid. The beautiful image of angels that we see is not the biblical image described of what an angel looks like. They are completely different than the cherubs we imagine. But Frederick Buchner reminds us that Mary was not the only one afraid that moment. 
He describes this scene from the viewpoint of the angel Gabriel. He wrote, She struck the angel Gabriel as hardly old enough to have a child, let alone this child. But he had been entrusted with the message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named, who he was to be, and something about the mystery that would come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. And as he said it, he only hoped that she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. The whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. Imagine all the angels gathered around, looking down, holding their collective breath. What will she say? Will she say yes? Come on, Mary, say yes. Because they know that the way God works is by allowing people the freedom to say yes or no. God gives us the freedom of choice, this exercise of free will to cooperate and participate in what God is up to in this world. It has always been a priority from the very beginning of time when people were free to choose and they chose to eat from the tree that sent them out of the garden. God does not force a yes upon anyone. God would never trick us into responding in the way that God wants for us. Instead, God extends the invitation, and then God waits. And the angel Gabriel awaited what Mary would say that day, and Gabriel knew the weight of the answer. All of the heavenly host waited for Mary. Was that angel standing there with a quaver in his voice? Were his knees knocking as he awaited for Mary to say yes? We know the answer she gave. Here am I, servant of the Lord. Let me be with me as according to your word. She said yes. Even though there was so much about this encounter with the angel that could terrify her. Mary, the young girl, possibly as young as 12, maybe as old and wise as 15. She's engaged to be married, but she's not yet married. So she's still living with her parents. And the assumption is that she would remain chaste until she was married to Joseph. And they formed their own household. And now there's an angel in her room telling her that she will bear a child before she's married. When the angel said, fear not, it was not just poetic effect. This young teenager had reasons to be afraid. In the ancient culture, this type of pregnancy before marriage would not be simply a misstep. It would be a violation of family honor. And this violation might be punished by shunning, divorce, or death. 
And even if it wasn't that part of the pregnancy that caused her to die, there was the real chance of dying in childbirth. Giving birth was extremely dangerous. But Mary did not fear what was to come. She was willing to risk her life to say yes to God's call. She agreed to be the human vessel who would gestate the divine within her. The Orthodox tradition refers to Mary as Theotokos, the God-bearer. Mary was willing to face her fears because God would be with her. God would be within her. God would journey with her every step. Her encounter with the angel Gabriel is framed as happening in the sixth month. Luke is referring to the sixth month of her cousin Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth is pregnant with John, who would become John the Baptist. Elizabeth, in her old age, conceived a child and was also miraculously pregnant. But there was a very different interaction with the angel when the angel came to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. He wanted to know, well, how will I know this is what God is doing? The angel silenced Zechariah so that he could watch and he could wait to see what God was doing in the world. But in this situation, the angel comes to Mary and greets her and says, Hail, favored one. The Lord is with you. Angel Gabriel states the heart of the Christmas gospel. God is with us. Emmanuel. Even when we are afraid, God is with us. It seems like angels are always saying, fear not. First, because of the intimidating way they would look. And second, because they often bring a message that was a challenge. We hear those words, fear not, from the angel, and we see it again and again in Scripture. If we wanted to read a Scripture about not being afraid every single day, we could read a different verse for an entire year. God knows how much there is that we have to be afraid of. Yes, there are things, like we said in our call to worship, spiders and falling down, but then there are other things like losing a job, another diagnosis that the cancer's back, the death of a child. There are things that we fear that we hold in our hearts, ones that we don't want to speak aloud. And so God comes and says, fear not. The angel Gabriel tells Mary not to fear, but he knows that there are some legitimate fears that she could have. But he comes with the invitation for her to participate in what God is doing in this world to help bring Christ into the world in the flesh. Christ would have the name Emmanuel, God with us. I wonder how often Mary thought back to this moment with the angel. Throughout her pregnancy, in those hard and scary moments, when maybe she was shunned? What about when Jesus was a toddler and Jesus had the terrible twos? 
What about when Jesus was 12 and he decided that he knew better than Mary and Joseph and he was going to be in the temple and not tell them where he was? Did she think back to this moment with Gabriel? Hearing those words that said, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. Did those words carry her through the hard moments? You have found favor with God. As she walked through town unwed, her, big, her pregnant belly the subject of stares. You have found favor with God. What about when Joseph decided he would quietly divorce her and leave the scandal behind? You have found favor with God. What about when she was giving birth in the manger alongside the animals in the straw and hay? Did she hear the angel say again, you have found favor with God? What about when Joseph had to flee with the family to Egypt? Did she hear that voice again? You have found favor with God. What about when her baby had grown up? had become a traveling rabbi who was persecuted by the state and who gave up his own life and was killed on a cross. Did she hear the angel Gabriel remind her, you have found favor with God? Just because she had found favor with God did not mean that she wouldn't have trials and tribulations. What it meant was that God had declared her to be the one to be full of grace. Her response to Gabriel was not, I will work really hard to be the one God thinks I am. Instead, her response was, let it be with me according to God's word. She was willing to trust that she is already the favored one. Mary was willing to say yes to God's invitation because she was willing to accept that God's grace was enough, that that God had declared her to be full of grace and that she was a favored one. It wasn't that this was going to protect her, but instead it was what gave her the courage to say yes. Before Mary declares her consent, she does ask a question of clarification. How is this possible? And the angel says, of course, with God, what is impossible becomes possible. The call of God is to an ordinary woman, and the call is to do something extraordinary, to bring the divine into this world. And the angel tells her nothing will be impossible with God. Author Madeline Langle wrote a book about the life of Jesus. And she begins her book with the opening scene of the Annunciation. Her book is called The Glorious Impossible. And she wrote this about the Annunciation. Possible things are easy to believe. The glorious impossibles are what brings joy to our hearts, hope to our lives, songs to our lips. Mary could have been terrified, but instead she sings a song of praise to God that we hear in the very next chapter of this gospel. 
Mary says yes in the face of fear because she knows that God is with her. And with God, what is impossible becomes possible. God may be calling each one of us to be Mary today, to be willing to be a vessel for God in this world to be a place for the divine to live, to create a holy space within our hearts where God can dwell. In the fourth century, St. Gregory of Nyssa wrote, what was achieved in the body of Mary will happen in the soul of everyone who receives the word. Mary already took care of giving birth to the divine word, so God would not ask us to do that again. But don't think that the angels aren't still holding their breath to hear your answer when God approaches you with a calling. And don't think just because you can't hear those angels that the heavenly host aren't also singing hallelujah when you say yes to the calling that God has for you. God is at work today in the same way that God was at work in previous generations. God shows up in our fears, whatever they may be, and gives us the courage to say yes to allowing Christ to dwell in us. God will take ordinary people and bring them to an extraordinary call to transform this world. There's no promise that everything will go the way that we want, but we know that that's not the end of the story. The resurrection of Christ shows us that though we may suffer or face challenges in this life, we do not journey alone. God is with us. Christ showed us through his life, his death, and his resurrection that we can journey with God always. And so what the angel said to Mary, the risen Christ, says to us today, do not be afraid. Thanks be to God. Amen.